I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website, shamelesssex.com, for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. We are so happy to be here with you. Yes, you. Shameless. Is that their new? Shamey on Shameless. They call me Shamey. I was working on a new Shameless song. Oh, what is it? Do you know yet? Well, it's going to be a surprise reveal. Oh, okay, cool. Well, everyone, keep listening because you'll hear it. She's she's gonna be, had some good jams lately, little little jangles. I know I have been coming up with lots of jangles, jangles. And if you're not following us on Instagram, please do because I just posted a really nice story with something special to share because it's we're recording this on Labor Day. It's going to come out the day after. Yes. However, the story is, might still be live. Yeah, go go there now. Go check it out. Sometimes there's sexy photos of us on there too. Yeah, oh. and we're gonna do some more because. Oh. What else do we have going on right now? Well, I'm going to go walk my dog on the beach. Exactly. That's about it. And then we can take sexy pictures. Ooh, that's what our life is all about. Sexy photos. This episode is with a return guest, Matthew Aris. He is amazing. It is on masculinity, penis shame, how to create more passion in a relationship, all the things. And nudity. Nudity? T- yeah. It talks about um, polarity in relationship, etc. He's really incredible. He is so well-spoken. Sometimes when I hear him speak, I'm like, I need more clarity. And I love that he used to work with, he used to be in a completely different field of work entirely. And he'll tell you about himself in the beginning of the episode, but he was in the music industry and worked with like Beyonce. And and I was like, this is the closest I've ever been to Beyonce. One zoom video away. Oh my God. Someday maybe you'll meet her. It's the, it's the small step, stepping stones to Beyonce. He also, in the the first episode that we did with him, I don't remember the number, but go look it up. Uh, It was a great episode on, I think on multiple orgasms in there. And, Mm -hmm. And he talked about how when he was a kid, he was kind of the outcast kid. He used to cast spells. I was like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> you used to do like magic and shit. You're so cute. I know. So good. But he runs a program called The Pillar. It looks incredible. It's for uh, men who want to step into their divine masculine and you shall learn more. And he has a lot of great insight uh, to share regardless of um, if you're in a relationship or not. Now, I would like to share a little something about t-shirts, everyone. T-shirts. We have onesies, onesies, swag, 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 uh, yeah, mugs, shameless sex, Stickers. swag. Yes. I just put a sticker on my water bottle. It looks the Corona edition one. The Corona edition of us and wearing masks. You yeah. can get a mask of us wearing masks, and it, so it's mask within a mask. You can also get there's a logo that says "Go slower than slow and slower than that," and you can get it in a sweatshirt or a hoodie or a t-shirt. And all proceeds are donated. We don't make any money off of this. Right now, the proceeds are going to go actually to the fires here in California 
A lot of folks have been displaced. I think it's close to 2,000 structures mm-hmm. of burn. It's still burning. Uh, they're only 50% contained. So it goes to a good cause. So please, to do this, go to our website, shanasex.com. Scroll down. There'll be a big logo with T-shirts. Click through and buy some things. Send us some photos viewing the things. We'd love to see that. I would like to attest to the quality of their merchandise. Yeah, the folks really that are good. making our merch for us, really good quality. I've been wearing my Shameless Sex tank top. I actually cut it to make it a crop top. Oh, sorry. Because you want to show your belly. It was too long. So you can do that too. You can yeah. get a hoodie and make it a cropped hoodie if you're into that. I have a long sleeve that says join the shameless sex revolution or I, is it, I am part of the I am part of the shameless I am sex. part of the shameless sex revolution. I want to crop some of my partner's sweatshirts without him knowing. <laughs> and then when he goes to put it on, I'm like, he oh, comes, sorry, it's a, he comes it's a cropped like, hoodie uh, now. What? Like, I want you to show off those abs. Yeah. You have nice abs. Yeah. Uh, okay. Also, we wanted to talk about lube. Oh my goodness. By the way, so they're on our, we have a blog. That's on your our favorite website. four letter word, isn't it? Lube? Yeah. Mine's I like, wine. I also like cock. I like bulls. That's five letters. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> I like one bull. One bull. She likes a single bull. Um, if you go to our website, we have a blog on there. And April actually wo- wrote something about her first anal sex experience, I believe. Mm, yeah. And we've had so many comments on there from people sharing their experiences with anal sex. People love it. So if you want to hear some stories and uh, actually we'll read some stories, go to our blog and you can listen more. And so when we talk about anal, you always need lube. Please don't do anal without lube. I'm also a fan of using lube for vaginal sex. I also like lube for oral sex on the occasion and what lube do i love uber lube why why you ask no flavor no scent never gets sticky very body friendly very ph friendly it is incredible it's the kind of lube that you use you're like this is lube i never knew lube could be this good it's a luxurious experience and it's in a beautiful glass bottle and it's honestly the my favorite for nourishing my skin oh yeah so afterward after i use it for the six as they call it the bang the bang Uh i actually put it on my skin if i'm ever feeling a little dry or in my hair i put it on my cuticles my elbows you can your door we oiled your door with it (laughs) i've oiled my door my bike at burning man my playa bike yeah (laughs) it doesn't stain your sheets either yeah it's good stuff it's some of the best so go check it out go to uberlube.com use code shameless sex you get 10 percent off and free shipping in the united states and um it's pretty much global so if you're not in the United States, go look, check out your lo- local sex shop. Maybe it will be there. If not, tell them you want Uber Lube because she has sex. Speaking of sex so shops, purepleasureshop.com. Oh, hey. Yeah, the purepleasureshop.com, the sex shop I own with my mother. If you want any sex toys, go there. You get 15% off coupon code shameless sex. And mommy will thank you. Thank you, mommy. I love you, mommy. She's listening as we speak. Just kidding. I said that last time. This is not the future. Okay. <laughs> Let's do a sex question on nipple orgasms. Oh. I gave my lover a nipple orgasm, and I just loved pleasuring her like that so much because I am so attracted to and excited by women's breasts. And I think it's just so fantastic that a woman can be brought to orgasms by stimulating and worshiping her breasts and nipples. I would love to hear talk more about this. I only just found your podcast, and I'm loving them. Love to hear open, informed, accepting discussions, especially by women, about all the pleasures, complexity, and delicious dirtiness of sex. Thank you, and keep doing what you're doing. Ooh, I like this question. Uh, also, fun fact, uh, penis owners can have nipplegasms too. I've never had a nipplegasm before. Oh, well, let's change that now. Okay, ready? We got to press pause. I got to touch your nipples. Okay, I know. bye. I, I guess I, I'm curious as to if that's possible for me, if my body will work that way. 
So um, there's someone that we've both hooked up with mm, in the past, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. April's partner because we both hooked up with him too, but um, someone, a past partner who gets off to nipplegasms. This is a penis-owning individual. And they can get off to nipple touch on its own, so just by touching their nipples or combining that with cock play, et cetera. It's a highly sensitive area for this person. So when we were, I don't know if this happened with you, but we did, when I was hooking up with him years ago, he's like, touch my nipples, touch my nipples, <laughs> because it's such an erogenous zone for him. Um, I think everyone is different in terms of our sensation, our nerve endings, and also past experiences that contribute to, um, our current experiences and how we receive and experience pleasure. So here's a story about me with nipple orgasms. My whole life until I was 31 or 32, I did not like having my nipples touched. It was irritating. It was too, always felt like too much overstimulating. It drove me crazy. I like to have my breasts touched and grabbed, but my nipples, when people would touch them, it would just be like, oh, this is like, it's like I get squeamish. It was just too much. And then when I was 31 or 32 in a somatica exercise, so the sex and relationship coaching program that I was in, um, so I'm in the training, we had to do an exercise where you were... Um, you were uh, the receiver and then you were telling the person that's the giver what you wanted them to do. And you had to keep switching every minute. Like, I want you to do this now. I want you to do this. And just be really direct. Like, I want this now. I want this. And, uh, so the woman I was, I was partnered with a woman and I was wearing a, a shirt with a bra. And I said, I want you to start taking your fingers and swirling them around the outside of my breast. And then I said, I want you to start taking the swirls on around, make your way towards my nipples and then around my areolas and then make your way around my nipples. This is all over my clothes. And she was doing that, and I felt so much pleasure. I was like, holy shit, you just turned my nipples on. And then they were turned on for six months. They, I had three clits all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And all my a partner had to do while we were playing or whatever was also add nipple play. And I think my left breast liked it a little more. I'd like take their hand and put it on my left breast, maybe my right, I don't remember. And it would lead to even bigger, more profound orgasms. But then I – oops, I hit my mic. Then I got pregnant. And you know what happens when you're pregnant? Your nipples turn to razors. And so all of a sudden, didn't it, like putting a shirt on hurt. Oh. And so I did not like being touched then and then my, on my nipples. And I lost them. And I lost them for years. And then they just came back online within, I think, last summer. They came they, back online. They came back online through the same thing, a similar experience oh. of someone touching it. And, and it's when people are touching it with intention. It's slow. It's, there's not this overstimulating thing. So... I think for me, having even a layer of clothing can help because I've figured out mine are just highly sensitive, but there is uh, pleasure to be had. And now, you know what my new thing with nipple pleasure is? Pinching. I'm really into pinching and squeezing. And sometimes it's like, pinch it really fucking hard and it can enhance my orgasm. So I need to ask my partner to help me activate them. Yes. And then intentionally, intentionally, because it is, you just don't feel anything. He does play with my breasts and my nipples. I just, I haven't really been into the sensation very much. Sometimes he kind of, I feel like goes a little hard and then I'm like, Oh wait, that no. And then I like get turned off in my brain. I'm like, no, let's go on to other things. I would say do kind of like a conscious giving and receiving night and, where it, it, the intention isn't to like get you off and fuck you, right? And it's to like just create sensation and see what's available to discover and ask him, like, can I guide you for 10 minutes? I'll just tell you like the different touch I want you to mm-hmm. do and we'll see what happens. And then have him do that. And, and then also create a space where you can say slower, softer, you know, stop, you know, hold your finger there, et cetera, and just start to play around with it and see what's available. Because I think what happens for a lot of people 
nipples. They're moving so quickly to try to do this foreplay. Mm -hmm. Let me rub out your nipples so that we can get to the next thing as opposed to slowing it down and really focusing. Yeah, I think you're right. So, yeah, I think nipple orgasms are awesome. Homework for me, homework for everyone out there that has never experienced a nipple orgasm. Go try it out. And so for nipple orgasms, some people can have orgasms from just nipple stimulation. Some people, it's, it's an addition to other stimulation. Some people, it's not their jam. Can everyone learn to like it? Mm, I don't know. I think a lot of people can, but I don't think there's one type of touch that everyone can learn to love. So it's to each their own, but um, the world is your oyster, so go and explore it. And mm-hmm. thank you for this question. They also, This person also asked, do we have full episodes on this? So if we can find a speaker who wants to do full episodes on nipplegasms, bring them our way. Because Maybe we that should could be call fun. the human that we both hooked up with before. Oh, Not our my guest. current partner, who yeah. we also both hooked yeah. up with. Yeah. Like, so tell us about nipplegasms. Yeah, what do you know? You're an expert yeah, what's of sorts. It? Teach us about this. This is your jam. Um, okay. Thank you listener for writing your question. We've been getting a lot of sex questions. If we're not answering your sex questions, just because we are backed up, we got a bunch of them. So, um, just know that we still love you and hopefully we will get to it, but we probably won't be able to get to all of them. Okay. Before we go into the bio and the podcast, we want to talk about Dipsy. We've talked about Dipsy on our show many times. We're obsessed with this program. So you all know how important self-care is. We talk about erotic self-care all the time. It is the tool to connect with yourself and your body and your pleasure, but also just self-care in general, like especially right now during these times, we need it. Um, And connection to our pleasure is so important. This is part of taking care of ourselves. This is why we love Dipsy. Dipsy is a app on your phone that gives you access to erotic short stories that can turn you on anywhere, anytime. It is designed by women for women, but anyone can listen and it just gets you into your body and arousal whenever you want. April loves Dipsy. Tell us why you love it, girl. Well, many reasons. One of which is there was just a story I listened to. You know how much I love cowboys. So there was a cowboy erotic (laughs) story. So hot. Go check it out. And they also have this awesome wellness part of their, uh, it's like a wellness tab and it gives you different ways like texting what you mean or solo uh, masturbation. And it's almost like a game that you can do with yourself or with your partner. I love a game. Mm-hmm. Not a head game, but no, a game. Yeah, the right so, kind of game. So I really recommend Dipsy, and I wish that you, shameless sex listeners, get a chance to check it out too. So for you, you get a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash shameless. That's 30 days totally free when you go to dipsystories.com slash shameless. Again, dipsystories.com slash shameless. Go check it out. It's free. It's free. Well, it's free for 30 days. But what you do, what do you have to lose? That's what I'm saying. What check out the cowboy story. If anybody out there likes a cowboy, check it out. And then out. when you're, if, it's you hot. Ma- if you masturbate to it, be like, April was masturbating this yes. too. Yes, I was. <laughs> All right. Give us a bio so we can get in there. All right. Matthew Aris is a sacred sexuality guide, shamanic somatic healer, transformational life coach, and conscious content creator. He facilitates immersive experiences, men's retreats, tantra and transformational festivals, men's circles, and group coaching programs across the world. To learn more, visit themasculinepillar.com. All right, let's dive on into the show. All right, everyone, it is episode time, and we have a repeat guest uh, we actually heard from a lot of people that they loved this guest, and we really got a lot out of it. Um, we love anything that talks, because a lot of our podcast is geared towards 
Well, it's, not, it's geared towards all kinds of people, but a lot of it is either female educators or female identified educators or um, et cetera. So it's nice to have a man here talking about masculinity and how it applies to sex and relationships. So without further ado, welcome Matthew Aris. And we'll start with our same question. Tell us how you got to where you are today in this realm of uh, sexuality, relationships, et cetera. Thank you. Um, firstly, it's great to be back. I, I've listened to this episode a few times and I really like it. I like what came through. So I'm excited to see how this one unfolds. Um, I'll keep it brief because if you didn't hear the first one, I'll give you the, the distilled version. And if you did, I won't repeat myself. Um, growing up in Canada, being bullied and teased as a young boy, I was so confused in my place in the world. So I would constantly seek out um, either relationship for friendship or finding things that I was seeing other people deemed cool or acceptable and gravitating towards that without ever really checking in with myself as to how do I want to express myself? How do I want to be? How can I be more authentic so that I can actually you know, cultivate the friendships that um, could potentially exist. I think, I think kids are mean. I, I think those kids back then who were themselves were also bullied. So I think it's, it's hard because, you know, so many of us were raised in environments and families and societies and, and communities where um, we were given a very strict book of how we were supposed to be. This is how you operate. This is how you act. This is how you talk about your body and this is what you don't talk about about sexuality and, and all of this and that created a really distorted view of individuality amongst many children myself included so i i never really found how i fit in and then i went to college and started finding like my niche of what i wanted to study and and leaning in towards um really looking at media and society and the damaging effects of advertising on society, how it specifically portrays and, and sexualizes young boys and girls. And I studied and, and taught this curriculum in high schools. And I had this idea that I was going to go back and teach and, and go into graduate study and went down to Los Angeles with my girlfriend at the time who would become my wife five years later and got an internship at a production company and, and started a career. I started a, a very clear career path in advertising and, and music videos and worked in that for a long time until I was producing for Jay-Z and Beyonce and Katy Perry and just realized how disconnected I was from myself, from actually that original desire of, of giving back, of being more purpose-driven and ultimately ended up leaving that marriage and an affair and came into a really powerful spiritual awakening um, about a month later. And that just catalyzed this growth into who am I? Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up in the world? And the more I began working on myself and sharing that with, with men in my life and my friends and my community, the more I saw my ability to navigate my own wounds and my own past and show up for brothers in the community by just doing nothing more than sharing what I've witnessed has worked and, and what has worked for me. I'm not going to tell anybody how to live their life 
based off of how I'm living mine, I'm, I'm only going to share from my experience and guide you through your own process of self-discovery. And, and over, you know, the next few years, I really started honing that. I traveled the world with two friends and created a YouTube show called The Art of Choosing Love. And when we dissolved that container, I really leaned into supporting men in, in masculinity and purpose and understanding and sexuality. And it's been such a beautiful, beautiful journey along the way. And now getting to hold space for brothers in person and digitally and witness their individual growth and their transformation and seeing them come into more alignment within their own lives is the greatest gift I ever could have asked for to, to literally witness people coming into a, a deeper understanding of self and, and through that cultivating and manifesting more of their desires in real time. So that's kind of my journey um, in the, the distilled version um, and yeah, I'm really grateful for all of it, all of the, the mishaps, all of the mistakes, all of the pain, um, and all of the beauty and, and pleasure and, and joy that has unfolded as a result of, of all of it. You know, I've, I've come into a deep appreciation of recognizing the gift of this sacred human life. And by recognizing the gift that it is, we get to see the gift in all things. And that's been the most beautiful beautiful part of this journey over the past few years of really diving into myself. And you've talked about Matthew, you've talked about how men can show up in this provider and protector role, especially right now. Uh, We talked a little bit before we started recording about what's going on in the world, but provider and protector roles. We just want, if you can share some more about that, that would be really amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, when we look at the kind of quintessential archetypes of masculine energy, not necessarily like men or women, but just masculine as an energy, the masculine innately provides and protects. It is the structure. It is the foundation. It is the, the container, if you will, that allows for the flow of, of the feminine. When looking at this from, um, you know, gender orientation of of men and women. Typically men run more masculine, women run more feminine. And right now on the planet, there's so much distortion. There's so much fear. There's so much confusion. There's so much chaos that men are having a really hard time regulating their nervous system and understanding what's happening and how they can show up. They're being confronted with all of their, their wounds and their pains and their triggers and their traumas and their shadow and all of it. And in that, it's creating this really um, irregular energetic on their nervous system where they're vacillating between survival and fear and confusion and distortion. And when we're able to regulate our nervous system through meditation, through reflection, through journaling, through exercise, through any number of of practical, um, you know, tools, we can really lean into those traditional archetypes and show up for the planet right now. I believe we're being asked to show up greater than ever before for our communities, for our loved ones, for our partners, for our family, for our, 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 mother for 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 the planet and you know if we're not protecting 
her, protecting our community, protecting our feminine, protecting the, the, the feminine energy of the planet. If we're not providing for her, then, then what are we doing right now? There's no question that she needs our help. There's no question that feminine is raging and that the planet is raging. So, you know, many men have resistance to the provider right now because as we saw, and this was a big part of, of where my work evolved, as we saw with the rise of the feminine, a lot of women began to run more masculine energy. They're creating their business. They're creating their, their enterprise. They're penetrating the planet. They're going out and they're getting it and they're strong and we can do it. And we don't need a man. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But in that, many women lost touch with their feminine essence, their flow, their sensuality, their beauty. And that created a lot of very feminine men men who were in touch with their emotions, who were soft, who were gentle, but in relationship, the, the polarity had shifted. So although it's beautiful to be in touch with your feminine, it's deeply, deeply important to like integrating into like a, a conscious man right now on the planet. It's equally as important to, to fully understand your masculine and the traditional energetics that, that evolve within that. And if we remove scarcity of like, oh, well, I can't afford to fully provide. We're talking about traditional financial providership. If we remove that, if we say, well, if money were no option, if I had a million dollars right now or 10 million or 100 million, whatever it is for you, would I actually hesitate to, to show up as that provider? Or am I hesitating because I feel like I can't actually hold all of that? Why wouldn't you want to be able to, to provide that which you're providing so that the feminine can be more of her authentic essence and from that inspire you and, and vice versa. And, and you create this musing of the two, you know, and with, with protection, I believe it's, it's so important for, for men and for the masculine to fully understand how to, how to protect the, the emotional experience of the feminine, the, the, um, the, the physical experience of the feminine, how to show up in like a strong integrated role so that you can provide that safety. The, the innate desire of the feminine is, is like safety. The two balance one another. And, and I believe that if we allow ourselves to come into a place of really grounding into our individual experience on the planet, meaning I'm reacting and, and, making conscious choices based off of my self-awareness as opposed to reacting based off of my nervous system that is responding to fear, then we can make the best decisions for ourselves on the planet right now because we're able to consciously listen to our intuition, to our guides, to the planet, to, to all of the other energetics that are present if we just turn down the noise in our head but one thing that like a simplified version of some of the things you're saying that come to mind for me and also with the conversation we had before we even started the podcast is um that there that there's you know, there's 
an opportunity to do the work to bring back the this this balance or also what was lost what we're no longer in touch with whether it's the feminine or the masculine um and and it's almost like the the old ways you know now this everyday living uh-huh. in concrete jungle urban living where the the suit or you know those things and just lost touch with the earth and with that connection and with the inner listening and this and slowing down and mm-hmm. quiet and silence and just being and, um, and all of those things. So it's like, you're, I guess you can correct me if I'm wrong, but is it, it is kind of like a returning back to what has always been there. Yeah. I believe that we're in a constant cycle of remembering and forgetting only so we can remember again. Mm. Like, that's we, <laughs> we, I mean, we are, we, we make a mistake. We don't hear our guidance. We do something and we're like, Oh like, shit. Like now I remember, I remember the mission. I remember the purpose. I remember the flow. I remember that guidance. I remember that. Okay, great. I remember now. And then something else like shifts in our, our awareness and, and something happens and we forget. And then we remember. And, and it's the same with, with self-discovery. We're constantly remembering our, ourselves, who we are. And a big part of my journey over the, over quarantine, really see, like 2020 has been, if I'm going to understand the masculine within myself, and I want to understand the masculine on the planet, then I get to go back to the earliest imprinting of masculine that walked the earth that I'm aware of, which is early man, our, our cave dwellers, our tribesmen, the, the individuals who lived off of the land, who connected with the land in a sacred way, who, who listened to the spirit of the land. And I've been, <laughs> I didn't think we were going to go here, but I, I've been mostly vegan most of my life, or not most of my life, sorry, most of the past two years. Um, based off of my recognition of how um, animal-based products were affecting my nervous system specifically and noticing the, the fear-based response and the confusion of my emotions after I would consume like, you know, animal-based products, meat or dairy. But when I came to Texas, my body began to really crave meat and I I hadn't eaten meat in a long time, but I listened to the guidance of my body. I don't eat off of like anything other than how my body is responding to that. So in order to, to actually eat meat, I wanted to know specifically how it was killed. I wanted to know that it was taken in a sacred way. And I decided to learn like to go out on a hunt. I've never gone hunting before. And I went out on, on a hunt and I, I connected with the spirit of the animal the night before and went into a vision and went into a, a meditation and really connected to the contract that we were entering in. And I realized that that's something that man has done, you know, since the dawn of time, like connecting to the, the contract. It's like, if I'm going to provide for my tribe, if I'm going to provide sustenance for my tribe, I'm going to go out and, and get that. But it's not an easy feat. So I would fast beforehand. I would make sure that my body knew that I was actually hunting for food, for sustenance to bring back to my tribe. And this past weekend, I, I guided an in-person retreat with, with a couple of men and um, did that connected with our early, early lineage of walking out onto the land and finding camp and setting up camp and going into ritual and ceremony and, and connecting to the earliest imprinting that we can activate in our, our DNA. Because 
we are like just clones upon clones upon clones upon clones of, of, you know, early man, you go back far enough and we're all connected. Whatever your belief is, whether your belief is that we came from Adam and Eve, then we're all entirely related or your belief is that, you know, through evolution, we, we evolved. We're only at, you know, a small number that actually developed into homo sapiens that then began to, to procreate. So we, we are that lineage of, of family. So going back to understand that, then we can come forward. Mm-hmm. By coming forward, we begin to see the, the distortion. We begin to see where the shifts disconnected us from nature, dif- disconnected us from our food, where people can now very consciously know how dangerous you know, processed food and fast food is for our systems, but still consume it. You, you go back and like, why are we not connecting to our lineage in that sacred way? Mm-hmm. I'm not advocating for hunting whatsoever, but if you're going to eat meat, if you want to understand it, like understand what it's like to take it and, mm-hmm. and to connect with it. And I believe that's a big part of the masculine is that that lineage of, of, truly providing in the earliest sense of the word and use the whole animal please use the whole animal bones for bone broth yes Uh Uh, this is one reason why i've I've, I've actually never caught a fish i'm like i really need to club it that's not why i haven't caught a fish that's why i feel like i should (laughs) catch a fish i'm gonna start with a fish and not like a chicken it's scary clubbing the fish i know but i feel like as someone who eats the animals you know and i've done things like taking a year off of of and only getting like what I call happy animals. Like they weren't like, Hey, eat me, but they, you know, they lived in a pasture and, and had a, a decent life. Um, and I think it still is a responsible thing to, to, for me to experience as someone who eats them. Like, I got to see what it's like. I can just go buy it in the store, you know, and that was, hasn't always been the case. And shout out to a uh, good old Chris Ryan here. Dr. Chris Ryan wrote sex at dawn also recently wrote civilized to death. And he talks a lot about these things in the agriculture movement, and uh-huh. how much that, that shifted people's connection to the earth and tribal um, environments. So how about, let's talk about men being in service without becoming a servant or a doormat. <laughs> what does this look like? Um, this, this started to really come through during quarantine also of um, like, what does it look like? when we remove the traditional gender roles of relationship, meaning like man goes out, works, provides financial stability, woman stays home, cleans, cooks, like it does all the service, you know, around the house. When we remove that and recognize that actually in our masculine essence of creating more, more safety, more like foundation of a container for the feminine, we can, do that by being of service to that. We can do that by being of service to the feminine, meaning on, on a tangible level, like being of service around the kitchen, whether you're, you're cleaning, you're, you're organizing, you're tidying, you're running errands um, that are convenient. You're not doing this as a servant. And if you begin to feel subservient energy or as though what you are doing is no longer a choice, but, more of an obligation or duty there's there's a really slippery slope of falling into your wound within that so many men grew up in traditional homes that um 
like they witnessed their fathers, you know, if they had to be of service, if they had to clean up, if they had to tidy or anything like that, there was this resentment around it. There was this resentment of like, of fairness, this, this tit for tat, like, oh, I did this, you do this. And, and this unspoken agreement of how, you know, traditionally monogamous relationships or traditionally um, like two person relationships are uh, supposed to operate. And when I recognize that being of service, showing up in your ability to support your partner or the feminine by creating more spaciousness in their life allows for them to have more space to be in the feminine essence that desires flow, desires movement, desires like spontaneity and, and, um, freedom in in the the movement of of the feminine whereas the masculine gets to create the structure it gets to create the, the foundation the stability so you know a, a lot of men when i would invite them into like supporting their partners in in different ways creating containers for them to be more in their essence showing up in in more service to them had resistance to that as a result of this like feeling like a servant and all we need to do is just shift our awareness into I'm choosing this. I'm choosing to, to be of service right now. And by recognizing, by truly recognizing that it is a choice that you get to make, it is an empowered decision. It's an empowered action as opposed to an obligation that is creating fissures or, or micro tears in the relationship that then you know, build and then build and then build and then build. And then one thing happens where, you know, if we're using the example of dishes, one, one cup gets left out and that creates this explosion, explosion mm-hmm. of, of a reaction that has nothing to do with that one cup, but it has to do with just feeling as though it, there's been this like fairness scale that has been running the whole time without consciously addressing it. And then now it's like, how could you? The cup. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Sakara. Are you tired of thinking, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? Well, we were too until we found Sakara. Sakara takes the pressure out of cooking and gives you chef-crafted, organic, healthy, and oh-so-yummy meals that change every week. And each one is packed with powerful plant-based ingredients that nourish your body and boost your energy. I had the goji rose donut for breakfast this morning and the pasta bolognese last night. And let me tell you, I had a foodgasm with every bite. I couldn't believe these super tasty dishes were actually good for me. And I didn't have to chop or bake a thing. Sakara even has this metabolism super powder that is the perfect remedy for bloating, weight gain, and fatigue. It gets me feeling sexy and ready for action. You can love what you're putting into your body too because Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash shameless or enter code shameless at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash shameless to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash shameless. This podcast was also made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. 
OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone. So whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore. So go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's omgs.com slash shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. It's not Do about you the live cup. at my house, Matthew. Because <laughs> you have a camera yeah. flying all. I know that is something that I work on all the time within myself. I love being in service and cooking food. And actually I love doing the laundry. I know that sounds funny, but I do. And the dishes are one thing I hate doing. And so I'm like, Hey, will you, my partner, please, if I, if I make food not even tit for tat, but I do have the tat for tit, if you will, because um, I'm like, (laughs) if I'm making this beautiful meal, would you please do the dishes? And typically it's not an issue, but then that, that does happen where, um, I end up sometimes doing the dishes as well. And I do, I get like all of this, this, not anger, but it does. I feel like I'm, I'm sacrificing and I'm like, no, I wanted to do that. I chose to make this beautiful meal and I enjoyed that. And if I have to clean up, okay. And at the same time, I would love if my partner would just kind of tap into that, that active servitude as well, even though he's just as exhausted from his long day, it's like, we can, we can do this together and have a balance. So I love that. I'm definitely going to have him listen to this whole episode, especially this part. We're um, talking about you. We love you. To, yeah, we love you. So to bring it back, not about me, you just really struck a chord with me. So uh-huh. thank you, you for that. Do we need to I do got some activated, like a good activation because it's also about me and what I present. So, uh, but regardless the next kind of the next piece of this, this servitude part that we were just speaking on is how can this space, this uh-huh. not being a servant, but being in service, how can this increase passion in the union? Huh. Firstly, thanks for sharing your experience with that. And um, one invitation I will, I will present is uh, just sharing with your beloved, like, Hey, you know, I, I would love to, to cook for you tonight. I would love to cook a, a really nice dinner. And it would be really meaningful to me if, um, you know, you could help clean up afterwards. Does that sound good to you? And then you're, you're speaking from your heart. You're letting him know that it would, you know, support you. And you're letting him know the, the deep desire to nourish him from that place of, of love. And then it can be received as, oh, yeah, of course. Because then you're asking, but you're also giving him the opportunity to choose it. If it doesn't feel like a choice, a lot of men will be in resistance to it. That's 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 your sure. that's your core mother wound. Mm-hmm. Amy tells me I need to work on that too. She's like, "Hey, Chip, that's probably in your delivery right there." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah the mother wound. I've got the father wound and the mother wound. Oh uh, well, we all have, to have a little bit. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah but um, yeah, some of them are a little bit bigger. <laughs> well, thank you. I will. I, I'm going to use that. I'm going to tap into Matthew Aris and, and use that even this evening. Okay, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Please do. Um, how can it create more passion if, if 
let's let's look at traditional like heterosexual gender roles for a moment and this can be um shifted based off of your your preference or your relationship but just for clarity i'm, I'm going to speak to that um so if a man is showing up in more service to his partner to his beloved and as a result of that she is having you know more spaciousness she gets more spaciousness to be in her flow to be in her femininity to be in her essence to be in her self-pleasure practice if if you showing up to um do the dishes and and cook to to support by returning that package or going out on that you know uh grocery shop by yourself even though you'd prefer if you both went whatever it is if you do that and that creates more space for her to be in her her flow her creativity, her pleasure, her, her like essence, then that's only going to allow for her to soften more deeply into her feminine, which is going to create this, this passion, this desire within your masculine that gets to now show up. Okay. Yeah. That was an empowered choice. I recognize that I chose that and I'm still showing up as the provider and protector and I'm still on my mission. So she gets to soften more and you get to come into the union with, with the passion that is created because the man isn't feeling like a servant and feeling taken from. So he feels more empowered in his energy and in his embodiment. The woman gets to be, um, be supported and nourished and gets to be more in her essence so the choice and the empowerment and the essence and the spaciousness allow for each to anchor more deeply into the polarity of the masculine and feminine, which then you add into that physical and energetic attraction and chemistry. It, it, it sparks passion. Mm-hmm. But the minute you bring resentment into it, the minute you bring um subservient energy and that goes both ways if if she begins to take it for granted if she begins to to get lazy or consciously um like ask more of you that you're not aligned with and you take it on that's going to create these little like micro triggers that erupt into the the triggers that um that create more distance, create more disharmony. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, uh, yeah, as, as you say that, uh, again, what, what comes up for is, is this, this dance that you're speaking to here and you're talking about, um, folks really doing the work to show up as the, their best selves. And part of that is this freedom, the spaciousness, uh, et cetera, um, and the support and that in turn, you know, sexuality is connected to everything. Everything's connected. It's this holistic experience of everything uh-huh. working together. And so um, it in turn benefits from these, these individual and collective pieces that when, when they come together, and I just think of just the way so many people are, are taught in relationship to, not ask for what they want to just keep mm-hmm. doing the thing, brush it under the rug. Then you build up all these cracks in your foundation of your relationship. And then it's 10 years later and you're like, how the fuck did we get here? How do we even unpack this? Is it even unpackable? 
at this point. Sometimes it might be, and sometimes it might not, but it's so, that's so, so common. Hence why a lot of the clients I work mm-hmm. with and their relationship stuff. Um, and a, a lot of that is this lack of education, but also like the, tr- I'm really not a huge fan of traditional relationship models or the model. Cause there's not a lot of them. The model is you, you do this one way. And especially we're talking about like heteronormative lifestyles too. You know, the man is, does this and, um, you know, and the woman does this and we're getting outside of that too. But I think we're taking, you're taking it beyond that. It's not just, uh-huh. you know, it's not just think a different way and question everything it's like that this is this is available to us and this is actually in our dna it's old and and it's and it's the way we're so far removed from it okay switching roles a little bit here or i guess uh topics here as uh let's talk about nudity and we're not gonna talk about nudist colonies and things everyone oh we could but um say what about nudity because i think this also goes in with a lot of the messages that we've been taught and specifically i think men it's society it's a lot more i'm gonna do my air quotes normal or accepted you know the female body and the nudity and that it's you know more curvy and it's in more mainstream media and things like that whereas you don't see a lot of like wangs hanging out in mainstream media um and i and i don't think it's the only reason why but a lot of men are think are just just shy about that and uncomfortable in their own naked body in their skin and um, how what are your thoughts on that and how can we take the shame out of nudity yeah um i mean this is something i've i've talked about a bunch online uh, you know i believe that um nudity does not equate to sexuality that our our human form and going back to kind of the through line of of the whole episode um, you know, going back to our early roots, our, our early connection, there was like no shame around the human form, around the bodies. There's still plenty of tribes on the planet that are, are you know, naked all the time that it, there's no stigma around that. There's no comparison of, you know, like my, my cock doesn't look like his cock, so that makes me less than. Mm. And men especially like this, this goes, you know, for men and women, but my work is with men. So men especially have a lot of shame around their like physical bodies and their physical form. We talk a lot about um, like body positive messaging for women nowadays and, and talk a lot about um, the, the stigma and the shame and, and how, you know, so many women have felt um, like, certain societal projections that created body dysmorphia and men face that just as much. You know, I, I growing up all through high school, like one of the reasons I was, I, I felt so disconnected and, and uh, was bullied was because I went through puberty mm-hmm. and, and going through puberty. I wasn't, you know, the, even though I was the, the high school athlete, I, I didn't have the high school athlete body and I wasn't big, but I created this distorted view of, of what my body looked like. And, and, all of the stories and all of the shame and, and, you know, that went with, with nudity as well. Like you don't change in the locker room. And if you catch another guy's eye while you're changing, it automatically labels you as gay. And, and for firstly back, like fuck this belief that there's anything wrong with your, your sexual orientation. Like, can we please just remove that? But the bullying of that in, in high school and, I believe that there's a lot of power in, in men accepting their bodies in their nude form. And this is a practice that I give um, 
you know, the men in my group program, this is a practice that I give to a lot of the men that I support. It's like, what does it look like to stand in front of the mirror naked daily and look at yourself and pour into yourself and speak to yourself in a beautiful way, pour into all of the parts of yourself that you've held shame, pour into your, your cock and, and all of the ways that you've, you know, projected shame onto it, pour into your stomach and, and your chest, or your muscles, or your like softness or, or anything that you keep shaming yourself over. And if it's something that you can, if you're softer than you would like to be, then make a choice to do something about it and commit to that or choose to love it. And, you know, being in sacred space with men and being like nude around a fire or in a, a, a ritual, not sexually, not like anything other than just like we're, we're sitting in sacred prayer and ritual is, is so empowering because that's how like early man sat. We, we sat around the fire. We didn't have, you know, clothing. We, we were just in our, our purest form and there was nothing wrong with that. So I believe that as men, we get to release this idea that there's anything wrong with, with our nude body, our nude form, and that it has to be like sexual. Most men have, have never really fully allowed themselves to accept that. Like it's comfortable to be naked and, and I want to be naked, you know, around my friends or my tribe, my community. And it doesn't mean that I want to have sex with all of them. It just means that like, I'm, I'm in my, my like pure free essence. If I, if I wanted to, if it was that I wanted to have sex with all the people I was naked around, there'd be a lot this, of humans. That reminds me that when you go to spas in Germany and Austria, mm -hmm. you're naked. It's co-ed and you're naked. You do not wear anything and it's not sexualized at all, right? You're sitting with people of all ages. It, it brought that up for me because at first being an American, I went to the spa in Germany. I was like, Oh wait, I'm going to be co-ed with a bunch of naked men. And then I was like, well, what's the problem? Mm -hmm. It's not like we, we all are born naked and it's not like I've never seen a naked human before. Mm -hmm. And it's also beautiful to me. And I love me a nude beach. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Uh -huh. I've been to plenty and there usually are more naked men at the nude beaches I've noticed than the naked vulva owners. Uh, but I always appreciate being nude. And I didn't really realize that there were, uh, I guess that a lot of men had this shame in being naked. It never mm. occurred to me, uh, maybe because most of the time it's been in, in a controlled environment for me. Uh, but it made a lot of sense when, when you tapped into that question that why wouldn't they have the same body shame issues or, or experiences that that women suffer mm -hmm. and just geared towards the, the, the penis shame, the cock shame yeah. there. We live in such this like big, hard cock centric model still. That's like, that's the way it should be in porn. Thank you porn for that. And, uh, and, and if you're not that, then you, you should be shameful and you shouldn't, mm -hmm. you shouldn't share your body. And I think if we, we were as a society took less focus on the cock needing to be this certain way and, you know, we're doing, and with vulvas, you know, what, what, some people have more front vulvas and some are more like tucked in vulva. I think you're more front and I'm more tucked in, right? <laughs> we can compare. Yeah, later. we'll look later. <laughs> and so some, you know, naked woman, you can't necessarily see what's going on there. And maybe there's a little more privacy there, but we, we do have less. I mean, there's still plenty of vulva shame too, but we're not looking at each other's pussies and we're like, oh, mine's bigger than yours. The mine's better. Uh, so there's just something around that. I think that probably is one of the, the greater pieces of, and of course, body shape and weight and all uh -huh. those things too. Yeah, that's something, you know, this, this past weekend at my men's retreat, we were talking about, I, I said, 
you know, all of us at some point in our life have had like shame around our, our, our cock around our lingam. And you're, you're born with that. Like it, it, it's, it's arguably one of the only things on your body that you can't actually like transform. Like you put on more muscle, you can like increase your jaw density and structure. Like you, you can alter the other aspects of your body, but this is the one that you, you really can't without, you know, some weird Chinese technology that probably isn't very safe. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't you love that? Like, you know, there's the whole conversation around circumcision and, and the, the wounding around that. And I do believe that that is a practice that gets to like stop quickly, like this, this genital mutilation for men that is so acceptable. Um, but for many men who are, you know, circumcised and, and going into sexuality work, there's a lot of shame with that too. And resentment around, you know, their parents or, or their, the rabbi or whoever, and you can like, reintroduce sensation. You can work with that. You can release the shame. You can come into also like loving and accepting that, which has been altered for you on your behalf. And, you know, all we get to do is choose in everything, in all of life. Our ability to choose a different narrative for ourselves is entirely based off of our ability to consciously choose the, the path of that daily. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you can choose to continue shaming your body, but recognize that it's a choice. And you can choose to love it or you can choose to do something about it, but recognize that all three of those options are a choice. So if you are choosing the one that creates the most discomfort, you get to ask yourself, why am I choosing to be uncomfortable with myself? Why am I choosing not to love myself? That's the work of personal development. Then go back. Great. Okay. Thank you. I'm aware that I'm choosing consciously choosing now because I'm aware of it consciously choosing to not love myself. What part of me feels unworthy of love? Where did that start in my journey? And start there and look at that and love that boy, that girl, that inner child, that three, four, five, six-year-old, however old you were when that belief started to really imprint. Go back and sit with him, sit with her and talk to them love them, tell them that they are perfect, how they are, that the confusion, the distortion, the anger, the screaming, the arguing, the aggression, the, the lack of love that they're experiencing in their home and their, their community has nothing to do with them. Mm. Love that person. And you will see massive shifts in the conscious adult that is standing in front of the mirror now but it starts with understanding why you're choosing not to love yourself. That's a mic drop moment. That's the, that's, that's also the work I've been doing in with my therapist now loving my inner child. So it's, it's not easy. It's a daily practice, an absolute daily practice that I wake up every morning and hug my little April and just at least for a couple of minutes, I, I made myself do it the first few times and now I just love doing it. So 
not about me again. I want to actually talk about the pillar because you have this amazing offering and I believe you're taking applications for uh, the pillar, which you can talk a little bit more about. And can you also let our, let our listeners know how they can access the pillar and sign Mm -hmm. up and how they can find you? Yeah. Thank you. Um, the masculinepillar.com is the website. You can read up on it there. You can apply. Um, the pillar is my men's three month group coaching program. Uh, it is uh, masculine, sexual, and emotional ma- mastery for men. Really, it's about deepening our understanding of what it means to be a man in the world today by looking at the the beliefs and the structure and the formulation that we have around manhood and masculinity and deeply understanding yourself, your purpose, your mission on the planet, while also creating a new awareness with your sexuality and your pleasure and your connection to your body. So everything from, you know, learning to cultivate um, multi-orgasmicness and non-ejaculatory orgasms to, um, understanding how to heal the mother wound and and come into deeper purpose, how to create greater safety for the feminine on the planet and and also how to how to worship and honor her and and work with her body so that it opens up to you um, really understanding the, the the early imprinting and the archetypes of masculinity and weaving it into your life so this is a three month online group coaching program it 's going to start um, this is the third round i 'm just about to finish the second round. And the third round will start uh, the beginning of October. Um, if you saw or heard the podcast, I'm offering a discount for Shameless Sex listeners. Um, if you just use the podcast name under an affiliate. And I'm really excited for this round. I'm, I'm, it's been profound to see the growth that these men have gone through in the first two. And it's only getting better and I, I believe that this work is imperative right now for men to really understand themselves and, and support themselves with their brothers coming mm-hmm. together in like, you know, allyship, brotherhood, and and working through all of the, the pain and the insecurities and the unworthiness and the not good enough and everything that we talked about. Mm-hmm. But doing it in, in a group of like-minded brothers is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And we'll make sure we link the your um, Masculine Pillar website with the discount information on our show notes so folks can check that out. Matthew, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're an absolute wonderful guest. I think just full of amazing, not only just information, but the energy you give to folks out there, I think resonates through their speakers and through my headphones. So mm-hmm. thank you for just showing up and, and giving all that you do. So we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yeah. And Amy, what's my favorite four letter word? Um, Not fuck. Cock. Just kidding. Um, ball and uh, wine. wine. <laughs> I love wine. And we love Margins Wine. As you know, if you don't know, then go to marginswine.com and see why. Check out all of her selections. She's come out with a bunch of new wines that we are the, sampling when brands. we're not on a cleanse. We're cleansing today. Can't wait to get off the cleanse so I can drink more wine. So marginswine.com, sign up for the mailing list. It's boutique small batch wines. So check it out. We love Margins Wine. And we love you, our shameless sex revolutionaries. We're going to see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. 
And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.